0: School is out, which means it's time for High Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to High Kids, a show for kids, by kids. My name is Gabriel Farnberg and I'm your host for today. Thank you for turning to 101.9 HiFM. I hope you're having a great day at school today because I'm here to make sure that the fun continues. Today I learned so much at school. I would really love to share it with you guys. But that I will do later in the show, because I have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. And start off, I will be speaking to Terry Almele, and she is a graphologist. So keep listening, and you could learn more about what that is. And if you could be your dream job, get ready for a very interesting show on High Kids for Kids by Kids. You're listening to High Kids on one hundred and one point nine Hi FM. You are listening to Chai Kids on 101.9. Welcome to my new feature called What I Learned at School Today. Well, when I got to school today, I learned about photosynthesis. Do you know what that is? Well, if you don't, then I will tell you. My teacher said it is in the way which plants make their own food so that they can actually grow. And for plants to grow, they need different elements. That is sun, water, carbon dioxide... From the air and chlor- chlorophyll, huh? Chlorophyll. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is a green substance that makes the plants green. But how do you make food with the elements? That we'll have to s- save, we'll have to keep. Listening and you will find out soon. But if you know the answer, you can SMS me on 34519 or telegram number 061 061- eight nine five one oh one nine. I have Terry Elmaleh. She is uh she is a handwriting uh for,
1: um handwriting analysis am I right? I'm a handwriting analyst and a forensic handwriting examiner. So that's so would that be a graphologist? Graphology is another word for handwriting analysis. Ooh, that that's a hard word to say
0: graphology, graphology. It's like that should be the new tongue twister, hey fresh yeah, he says he says yes. So, um, which is a
1: better term, graphology or handwriting analysis? It's a matter of what's become more current. And at the moment, graphologists call themselves more handwriting analysts. Um, but it's okay to use graphology as well.
0: Oh wow! I mean, so
1: so it's a two meaning for one meaning thing in a way. No handwriting. That handwriting. Analysts are the same as graphologists. They analyze handwriting for the purposes of personality profiling. Forensic handwriting analysts analyze handwriting for the purposes of the law, for matters of the law, to determine whether signatures, handwriting or documents are authentic or not.
0: What are the qualifications to be a graphologist or handwriting analysis?
1: You, there are courses available that you can do, but you can also
0: self-study. But how? But the thing is, what do you need certain qualifications? Do you need to, be, to have a qualification in psychology? Do you have to have a qualification in other stuff? Or do you, can you just learn, go to university or somewhere else that
1: teaches graphology? In South Africa, there aren't any courses in, a, in university that cover handwriting analysis or graphology or even forensic handwriting examination. Europe. Oh, sorry. There are, however, courses that you can that you can do online. Um Overseas, there are courses that you can go to at universities to study.
0: So, would you say that South Africa is a little bit behind when it comes to making schools and courses at university for graphology? Because I think it's a cool, a very cool thing. Because it's so cool how you could understand somebody by writing their signature. And you understanding them without even looking at them or hearing them in any way. So do you think South Africa is a little bit behind when it comes to that sort of way
1: of studying? Yes. Uh, it's a pity that South Africa don't have courses that encompass the study of handwriting analysis. Um, handwriting analysis is also not, for most purposes, acceptable in a court of law. Forensic handwriting examination is.
0: Oh that so to me right now I thought graphology was just plain old understanding just writing but now since I heard this it sounds so m- much more it sounds more complicated you have to study for years and just to understand a signature you have to study for so long
1: like why is that what do you have to learn about that well, handwriting analysts and forensic handwriting examiners never really stop studying because we are studying something that is human behavior and there's always something more to learn and one has to always keep up with latest trends. For example, in forensic handwriting examination, we have to keep up with digital and technological advances. So people don't always sign with a pen anymore, for example. They sign using a tablet. So sign onto a tablet. Yes. So, basically, if I were to type "hello"
0: on the computer, I'd send it to you. Would you be able to understand what my mood is, or you cannot understand it when you, when I'm typing digitally, but you understand when I'm signing, like drawing on the pad. Like if you had a certain type of phone that you could draw, like the S Note 10, and you would draw your signature and send it to you.
1: So could you do it digitally if I would send it to your computer? Yes, I could do it digitally, but it's going to probably give me different information to if you would have written on a piece of paper. So
0: it can give you the right or wrong or the same? It could give me different. Whoa. So what inspired you
1: to become a handwriting analysis? Um, I found a book on my father's in my father's library many, many years ago on handwriting analysis and when i was an adult later on in my life i remembered remembered it and found out about a course did a course and continued i also studied industrial psychology at university and i was always interested in how people are placed in jobs incorrectly and how the even after interviews and very asking answering very various questionnaires the person still didn't work out in a job and I wondered if there was something else to, in, on which to evaluate personality. And I found out about handwriting analysis, because handwriting analysis evaluates personality. So basically another way of understanding the human thinking. A human personality. Not necessarily human thinking, but the personality of a person. But I just want to say to you that personality is not necessarily who you really are. Your personality is very often... All sorts of defense mechanisms. It's conditions, responses that you have learnt in your lifetime. So handwriting analysis tries to get to the essence of who you are. So... What your personality actually is.
0: Because I thought personality was something that keeps with you the whole time. So you're saying to me it's a way of a defense ah, mechanism. So if somebody would accuse you, they would... They would think, no, that's just his
1: personality when it's not exactly personality. Personality is a defense mechanism. Yeah. So I don't want to go into the whole psychological yeah. aspect now. That's a, that's a discussion for another time. But what I'm saying is that your personality is not necessarily exactly who you are. Handwriting analysis cuts deep into who you really are to, to not only what people see, which is what your, what your personality sometimes is, but who your, what your essence actually is. Um, Is
0: there any evidence to show that handwriting is affected by anxiety or any other
1: moods or... Just what the person's feeling or doing at that time. Yes, handwriting changes with moods. It can change in a, in a, in one day your handwriting can change sometimes. In fact, you you never write exactly the same. You never sign exactly the same. And that's one of the most important pillars of forensic handwriting examination and why we can tell whether a signature is forged or not.
0: Ooh, so you, so it, Do you have to be a neat person? So if I were to write to you, because I'm not a neat person. I've tried, but I'm not. So if I were to write to you a letter, but
1: it's really not neat, would you be able to analyze it, even if I'm not neat? Yes. Um, Well, you're, you're talking more about legibility and illegibility. Pretty much. And those are one of the features that we examine when we look at handwriting analysis is whether the writing is legible or not legible, whether the writing is neat or not neat. And we have different parameters to, um, analyze writing in terms of whether it is a good, if you want to use the word term, well, to use the word term, whether it's a favorable aspect of, of a personality type or not. And neatness is not necessarily what your teacher wouldn't, we wouldn't judge neatness in the same way that maybe your writing teacher would. So
0: you can analyze and get to know a person without even meeting them or hear them or hear
1: their side of the story. Correct. So we can see a side of them. Handwriting analysis doesn't give you all the answers. It gives you some of the answers. We are such complex human beings that we cannot see everything in one particular dynamic. So how many sentences or uh, letters would you have to have On a page For you to ana- Analyze it I When I take When I uh, ask for a sample when I'm asked for handwriting, to, to analyze handwriting, I prefer to take about 20 lines because by the time that you've written the 20 lines, the person has probably stopped trying to write in a certain way or trying to write neatly. They've probably got over that and is then writing naturally and spontaneously.
0: Oh, so they so you're trying to say their psychological way of thinking is, let's just show that I'm a neat person and... Try to trick the person that's reading it But then after a lot of lines They just give up
1: And they just start to go Scribble, scribble, scribble Naturally They would write naturally And that's the beauty of handwriting analysis Is that you you don't know what I'm looking for So eventually you just go to your normal handwriting
0: Okay, on the note Let's take a quick song break And we'll be right back You're listening to Hi Kids On 101.9 Hi FM. This is Kids, kids, 4Kids, BarKids. My name is Gabriel Feinberg and I'm your host for today. Is there a difference between left-handed and right-handed individuals that need
1: you to adjust the analysis? Handwriting analysts can see whether somebody is left-handed or right-handed. And there are certain areas that we are cautious about before making decisions about their personality. Once we know that they are left-handed, uh, one of the most important ways are the difference between when you're writing with your left hand is you have what we call hookers, which when they, a person hooks their hand around and kind of pulls the pen across the paper. And we have pushers where he's just, the, the writer is just pushing that pen. You get some smudging. Often you have that smudging effect. Um, and for those left-handers out there, just to know that left-hand writers have some very, very positive personality traits. So does it necessarily mean when you're left-handed you're not a good person? Not, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It makes no difference as to whether you're a left-handed or right-handed person as to what type of person you are. I'm just saying that left-handers on just have some very positive um personality traits such as they're very ad- adaptable type of generally speaking they're usually very adaptable type of people Whoa, I did not know
0: that being left handed and right handed can make such a difference into something Like I
1: don't even have words I did not know that so I'm not saying that right handed people aren't adaptable I'm just saying that left handed people are usually used to adapting themselves to a right handed world I've always been left handed my whole life and you go.
0: I have never been as how would you say neat. I've tried, I can't kind of rant with my right hand, but when I write with my right hand it doesn't look so nice. Uh yeah. but And here you are interviewing me. Are you a
1: hooker or a pusher? Uh
0: let me just see. Um Uh You're a pusher. Oh well I mm-hmm. thought I was a hooker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a pusher. I've never seen smudge on my paper, but I'm, yeah, I'm a which, smudger. Okay.
1: Yeah, it was not necessarily. This is the thing about handwriting analysis is that in whatever one – because we're dealing with a human spirit, because we're dealing with a human nature, there are no 100 percents. And that's why if people say to me, why do I write my why like that? Or What does this mean? I very seldom will answer them because it will depend on the totality of analyzing their handwriting. So usually, people who push normally smudge more than hookers, but not always. So would you have any tips for me when I'm writing? Not at all. Keep on writing would be my biggest tip. It's very, very important that your generation keeps on writing. And if I can just go into this for your, especially for your listeners, because a lot of your listeners are, key, are keyboarding and typing. Yeah. And writing and they're asking the question, why do we even have to learn how to write? Why do we need to carry on writing? Uh, do you know how to, to write cursively? Have you been taught how to write cursively?
0: Um so in grade so from grade 1, well no, from grade 2 or 3, we started cursively. But the thing is in grade 4, 5 and 6, cuz I'm in grade 6, they dropped it. And I barely ever saw. They I'd only see them doing it in art. And that's the thing. For me, I can't read it really well, and I don't know why Why there needs to be cursive and why there needs to be normal writing. What, Why? Like that, Why do you need to learn it to that point? Because if you're writing normally, you can read it, but when you're writing cursively, it's just normal writing, but it's just weirder. Why
1: is that? Okay, so printing has become the new type of norm for writing with children, and what printing is is that there are no connections between the letters. And cursive writing, there are connections. And that is a ref- one of the reflections of the society that we're at at the moment. Where we are as a society. How we have disconnected from each other. Where we don't connect. Uh, antisocial, basically. Not antisocial, but we are less, uh, a child spends more time, not, not, and, and here again, I'm talking about generally speaking. Mm. Children are playing less together. Than they were before, yeah. and this is reflected in handwriting, cursive handwriting. They have shown scientifically where you have different areas of the brain um, lighting up when uh, when somebody is writing, as to when they're keyboarding. Uh, yeah. Handwriting, and especially cursive writing, is very important for creativity. For cognitive development, it's therapeutic. It helps you to think. And it encourages creative thinking. It develops the brain. It's a great pity that uh, it's not as much attention is being given to handwriting as it was before. Um, you know, very important discoveries were made with a pen. Sonatas were written, beautiful Pieces of literature were written, bridges were built. Um, Michelangelo certainly didn't have a computer, and he didn't need a computer. Yeah, um, all the wait. So, so the pen is a very, very, very important. And I'm not saying that we must stop typing, we must stop keyboarding. I'm saying that they must be. Less. There must be, no, it mustn't be, the one mustn't be at at the expense of the other. Yeah. There's still lots and lots of room for handwriting, and handwriting and reading are very connected. If a person can write, then a person can read, and the opposite. Okay. Um, And I wanted to also ask you how you feel about getting a handwritten card on your birthday, or if I'd send you a WhatsApp message. So...
0: To me, it depends. If it's got money in it, then yeah. Like I get a lot of WhatsApp messages because not all people can come just to me and just give me a message. Because some people, because I'm on a public holiday, my birthday, and I mean, how do you feel about getting a handwritten message? It's nice. I mean, I get a lot of those when it's my party. It feels nice, and but when I hear their
1: voices personally. I get a better feeling. Yeah, but uh, we're talking about the writing part. We're talking about, do you prefer getting a WhatsApp message or would you prefer getting a card uh, with card. me having written on it? card. Because, I mean, okay. when you're typing a message and
0: you just say happy birthday and an exclamation mark, it's just like happy birthday. I mean, when you write it, it's like it, you can almost re- as read as if they were trying to say happy birthday. It's says something personal about yeah, it. Yes, like you may not actually hear them. But it's as if you can hear them while reading it. As, but when you're reading something printed, it just looks like they're saying happy birthday and just went back to playing games and doing something exactly. that they think is better to yeah. do than.
1: Instinctively, we know that there's something very spiritual about our handwriting, something very individual about our own handwriting, that it comes from somewhere. No, it doesn't just come from our hand. Handwriting should actually be called brain writing. Because it comes from our brain. And we also need to remember that some people don't write with their hands. Some people write with their mouths or their feet because they don't have hands. Would you
0: say Stephen Hawking is a kind of a way of putting it there? Because even though he was in a wheelchair, he had one moving arm and he used that
1: to talk. Would you exactly say that it's basically what you're saying? It comes from your your hand your so called handwriting actually comes from your brain. it comes from the deep recesses of your mind, and those neural um, pulses are then converted into muscle for, uh, down down into your writing instrument, whatever that is your hand or your, your foot or your mouth, um, through those muscles and into your hands and therefore we can tell about your personality
0: so would you exactly say we 're like the oldest? type of printers like would you say because eyes our, are like scanning it our brain is telling our hand what to put on the piece of paper it may not be exactly the same like way of size and everything but would you say we're the oldest computers i'm not computers i'm um printers because we're
1: like a printer we're putting it down on our thing it's a good way of looking at it in other words, we are, Are you saying we're interpreting the information from our brain down onto the paper. Well, yeah. that is exactly the, the basis of handwriting analysis, is that it's not coming from your hand, it's coming from your brain. And therefore, I can tell about your personality. It's about your thoughts that go down into the paper. The paper is the environment. The paper is your world. And you're taking, you're putting down how you process the world onto that piece of paper.
0: Oh wow! Like all of this, it's taking me sort of to process because all this information from studying handwriting—I don't know if I've heard so much information from a job before.
1: It's—it's—it's it's, it's just amazing. Well, I'm happy that you are. That I have uh, challenged your mind. You've opened me <laughs> up to like a whole new world.
0: Like, if and uh, flow. Um, put on the song "A Whole New World." Yeah, no, that's basically... That's like the whole thing. A whole new world. You no, know, you really did open it to me. So my mom, she can speak many languages. She, My mom can speak uh, Lithuanian, Russian, English. But the thing is, how do people who write in second language, how do they write it? How do the languages... T- um, Her letters differently, how do they write it differently? Like, why are they written differently? So if I were to give you a piece, like, if I were to write... In Indian, let's just say, but you unders- would you understand, even though you don't understand
1: what it's saying in Indian, would you understand how they wrote it? Right, so let me ask, answer the question in, it's a two-pronged answer. The first thing is, is that we have in each language a copybook, which is what you learn at school, where everybody in the class learns that this is the way that you write an A, this is the way that you write a B. That doesn't hold for very long, as you've noticed. Everyone then reverts to their own personal pattern yeah. of writing. So when you're learning a different language, you are studying different copybooks, yeah. when you've reached what we call graphic maturity, in other words, you're then writing unconsciously. You're not thinking about what you're writing. Those formations that you've been taught are just automatically and spontaneously flowing. Like you, your coding has just gone. We, yeah, it's, motor, yeah it's, it's a motor program. In the same way as you've learned how to write, in the same way as you've learned how to talk. And it takes, very, it takes about, it's also dependent on each person, but it's usually at about the age of... 8 or 9, sometimes maybe 10 or 11. I personally don't uh, analyse writing before the age of 12. So... If you write, if you know different languages, the handwriting analyst should only really analyze the handwriting where graphic maturity has been attained. So where are in which language are you comfortable with? It's the same question as you asked me about whether you sign on a tablet or whether you sign on a piece of paper. There are going to be differences in the features, and it may cause the analysis to be off course. It needs to be in the language that you are the most comfortable with and the most fluent in.
0: Hmm. Um. So another one. Uh. Do uh, can can you uh, like analyze when? Let's just say I'll draw. Um. I'll shade a flower for you. Would you would you be able to analyze that, or is it only words?
1: No. It's also uh, they're all projective techniques. When I analyze handwriting, I also ask for a tree. I ask my the person who I'm whose handwriting I'm analyzing to draw me a tree. And so tree analysis has um, come quite a long way. There's quite a lot of information that one can gain from a tree, from a person drawing a tree. So I use the two in conjunction, and they give different sides of a person.
0: So so, so a tree, just a simple tree, or would you like it simple or would you like it like if they tried their best to shade it or anything?
1: Whatever that person then does on the piece of paper then becomes part of the analysis. My instruction is, please draw a tree on an A4 piece of paper. After that, it's up to you. So you get to choose how you want to draw it? You get to choose as exactly as I would say to you for a handwriting sample. I would say, please write 20 lines on an unlined... My only only instruction is on an unlined piece of paper.
0: So does this deterioration...
1: um, Yeah, deterioration... uh, affect your analysis. Deterioro- des- deterioration in what? You've been uh. talking about when it comes to ha- people not writing as much. Yeah. Well, the way that it's affected handwriting analysis is that th- there are more printers, so we have less information in the connections that we used to have in cursive handwriting. But there's still enough information to be, t- to be gleaned from printing, and I also always ask for a signature. Because a signature and handwriting are are two different things. Depending on the person, the one is the public persona and the other is the private persona. Some graphologists or handwriting analysts would say your signature is your public persona and your handwriting is your private persona. Some analysts would disagree and say it's the opposite. But whatever it is, you would have to have both together because your signature is not always the same as your handwriting.
0: So, can can a person's handwriting reveal anything about their health or gender?
1: Gender is not well. It, you're not supposed to be able to see gender in handwriting, but you can see whether um, a male has more feminine attributes or whether a female has more male attributes. Um, and health is definitely able to be seen in handwriting. Deterioration in health. One of the ways that Parkinson's is diagnosed is uh, one of the earliest signs of Parkinson's is with handwriting.
0: What's Parkinson's?
1: It's a, a disease of the brain.
0: So and Alzheimer's? No,
1: no, it's a it's a, it's a psychological disease. We can have to save that for another program. But there are ways that one can see different. Health issues in a person, and some graphologists are better at it than others. We we don't diagnose diseases. We're not medical doctors, but we can see whether there are health issues with with a with a um, personality. We can also see whether there is the use of drugs in handwriting.
0: Really, use of drugs? How? Like or alcohol? Like how would you see that? Would you like if they weren't drunk? Like if they weren't drunk, but let's just say the person was on drugs. How would you know, like, what's
1: different in the handwriting that shows That's that? True. That's a very good question, because it would depend as to whether the person is a habitual alcoholic or habitual drug use user, as to whether the handwriting has deteriorated to that extent, or whether it's just uh, recreational, yeah. and whether you get a sample of the handwriting at exactly that point. So it's not, an, it's not infallible, but it is definitely able to be seen. In the handwriting.
0: Okay. So, Anina, um, what about honesty profiles? Yeah.
1: So, integrity and honesty are also um, issues that can be seen in handwriting. But there's certain ethics involved in that. Um, one wouldn't just judge whether a, hand, a writer is honest or a, an integrous person. One would have to look at the holistic analysis of a person and then... Make um, decisions about whether you're looking at an honest writer or a dishonest writer.
0: This has been a Ha Kids, Four Kids, by Kids. My name is Gabriel Farnberg, and I'm 11 years old. Thank you to my guest Terry for coming to Ha Kids, and thank you to my producer Senna and DJ Flo for pushing the red buttons. Us tomorrow for another Ha Kids show. Goodbye, kids.